I don't know what happened, but I'm starting to kind of lose my voice. And I could really tell as I was singing, like, wow, I sound horrible. So I'm going to do my best today. Uh, just have some patience with me. Grace, that'd be great. Uh, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into it. God, thank you so much for uh, your word, uh, for your family. I think in a, in a day and age, and we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, but in a day and age where, where life just feels crazy and the world feels crazy, um, it's amazing to have your word, which sets us straight. It, it, and I mean, like, literally, it shows us the path to walk down for life, and it shows us what truth is, and shows us, uh, God, your love for us, and, and it really kind of, it's a it operates as a stabilizing force. And God, we pray that we can just hear your word today, that your Holy Spirit can work in us. God, I'm feeling more and more convicted about the power of the Spirit to transform us ultimately. So God, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit really works today to transform us, to speak to us where we're at, to, to take these words off the page, lift them off that page and, and set them deeply in our heart. God, that's a work we need to ask you to do. Uh, God, but pray for us to be open. <clears throat> God, there is biblical precedent for us to set aside things, things that are unholy, impure, get, get them out of our lives and out of our heart. And when we do that, we become more uh, open to you, uh, better to hear your word and your, your voice, God. So I pray we can just do that this morning. Whatever, whatever's dogging our minds, that we just kind of get it out of there. Uh, God, so we just hear, listen to you. Um, God, be refreshed by your word. Be strengthened by your spirit. God, we, we pray for that this morning. So we love you. Cross in your son's name. Amen. Okay, uh, so we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. I heard Ian McNeely last week killed it. Did an amazing lesson for us. Uh, uh, really grateful for Samuel coming down and encouraging us and for Ian preaching. Uh, we are going to be scooting back to Ephesians 3. This is a verse that I skipped over previously because I really like it and I wanted to do a lot more work on it. Uh, I still don't feel like I've done enough work on it, but I'm going to try to preach it. Uh, this is a prayer that Paul has for the church. It's Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. That's where we're going to be. It's a prayer that Paul, kind of like in the middle, <clears throat> he does this a couple times throughout the books, but just like in the middle of, of teaching and instructing and, and doing a lot of really deep work, he just like stops and prays. And it's really cool to see. Um, I, I think something that is, uh, man, we, we can forget, I think, just the, the, the actual power of praying to God, uh, being convicted and praying about that conviction or whatever, just praying to God. And Paul stops. He prays for the church because he's been preaching. He's been teaching them a lot of amazing things. Like what I think what I touched on a couple of weeks ago that comes right before this is how the church is is the stage for the manifold wisdom of God to be displayed. It's an incredible idea. And we kind of teased apart what that could look like and and how we see that and uh, you know just briefly just a, just a shard of I think the fullness of it. Uh, but then he stops and prays for for them. Uh, I think in an amazing way for something amazing to be done. And again, he's praying for God to use his spirit to do something in us. That's what we're going to be looking at today. All right. And that's, I just want to set the stage um, with that. Okay. So Ephesians chapter three, we're going to kick it off in verse 14. Here we go. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to like try like read a verse. I'm going to you know, stop and just talk about it and, and see how that like plays into the verses around it. Because basically what we're going to see going on here is Paul is praying prayer ultimately for the church to be filled with the fullness of God. But I think how he gets there is really interesting. And so he starts off with this. I bow my knees for the father. Right. Bowing our knees. It's like a reverent thing. And you bow your knees to somebody. You get on your knees in front of somebody. You're like, man, like, and I think that's a really cool thing to do even when we pray. 
I think a lot of times I pray, I'm, I'm in the car, I'm praying about something I'm going to, or I'm sitting at a table and I'm praying about something I'm reading. But something I'm honestly trying to do more is just take time out of my day to get on my knees and pray to God. And I find when I do that, it's like a lot of things in life start to kind of disappear. And I'm just thinking about God. I'm thinking about how amazing he is. That's just a thought, you know, maybe try bowing on your knees when you pray more. It's been really cool for me to do. But, but he does this. He sets up God uh, from who every family in heaven on earth is named. So look, he's, he's saying, God, I, I'm praying, guys, to churches, church in Ephesus, I'm praying to you guys. I'm bowing before God. And I'm praying before a sovereign God, a God that's above everybody. A God that comes before everyone, and he really plays that, lays that out in Ephesians 1. It's just it's an amazing God that I'm praying to. I think that act of reverence, I think, is really important. I think sometimes we kind of lose a little bit of reverence for God. You know, I don't want to go too deep down this road, but, you know, because I think there's a familiarity with God that's really important. He's my dad, you know, and my spirit cries, Abba, Father. That's all really good. But I think simultaneously to have this reverence for God, like, wow, you're amazing. You're above all things. You're above all people. I'm going to reverence for God, I think, is really huge. So that's kind of the attitude he's going in to this prayer with. Okay, he moves on into verse um, uh, 16. <clears throat> that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is how he starts off the prayer. That I want you guys to be strengthened by his spirit in your inner being. And, and, and God, I, I want you to do that by uh, according to the riches of your glory. The riches of God's glory. That's where he wants the strengthening for the church to come from. Man, I don't know. I feel like I could spend all day kind of teasing this out. And what is, like, what does this mean by the riches of his glory? I think here's how it ultimately kind of put it before us to think about. Man, God's glory is amazing. And there's so much that comes out of God's glory when we see him as glorious. And I truly think, and may, I think probably I've done some sermons on this, but ultimately I would make a case that everything, everywhere, period, is for the glory of God. This is all over the Bible. He says, I created you for my glory. Jesus said, everything I did was to the glory of the Father. Uh, Paul says, whatever you do, whether you eat and drink, do it to the glory of God. Ultimately, everything is about the glory of God. And I think when we see how glorious God is, that produces something in us, right? And I think that's where the riches comes. I think where the richness comes from. There's so much that flows out of the glory of God. We have to see him as glorious. We really have to have this attitude of Paul. He's above everything, above everyone. It's kind of worship, this, this reverence for him. And it's out of the richness of that glory, God prays, or Paul prays that we may be strengthened by power through his spirit in our inner being. So that to me, I mean, that's where I'm really seeing the Holy Spirit. This is really... The Holy Spirit comes in here. Praise God. I want you to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Man, I, I, I've done a lot of thinking and a lot of praying about this, but I, I think ultimately how I would kind of put that before us is, guys, I think we need to have a really some, similar kind of prayer and attitude towards the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, I think we need to be constantly praying for God to transform us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, all, throughout the, the Bible, that's kind of what the – that's kind of the Spirit's role. I'll put it this way. Um, it, kind of the way that I've seen it broken down, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's like God, you know, he's the sovereign father. He makes the plans. He, he determines everything. Uh, the, Jesus then uh, fulfills that plan. You know, he dies for us and gives us the opportunity to go to God. And then the Spirit uh, acts out like he, the Spirit is the one that actually applies 
all of that work. Like the Spirit is the one that, that saves us from our sins. The Spirit is the one that makes us, it seals us for, for heaven. The Spirit is the one that convicts us regarding sin and righteousness. The Spirit is the one that transforms us inwardly. And right here, the Spirit is the, is the one that strengthens us. So I think just to deepen our understanding of the Spirit, I think is really huge. The Holy Spirit. And what's really cool about the Holy Spirit is, I don't know, for me, you, you know, you guys, I don't know where you're coming from, but for me, the Holy Spirit can kind of feel like this, this intangible, ethereal. It's like, no, God and Jesus, that's where it's really at, man. God and Jesus, I get it. Spirit's just kind of out there doing his thing, doing whatever. But like, no, the, the Bible calls the Spirit like a, like a person. The, the Spirit is given pronouns, he, him. The Spirit has a will and desires. Like the Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus and the Father. Right, I, I man, I, I don't know. I think so a book that really helped me out was just called The Forgotten God by Francis Chan, really helpful book. If you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, deepen your conviction on the Holy Spirit, man, check out that book. Pretty incredible, really convicting for me. The Holy Spirit is, gosh, amazing. And I think we need to have this attitude towards the Spirit. Spirit, please strengthen me. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling, feeling tired. I'm, I'm lacking faith. Spirit, can you just strengthen me, please? What a submissive attitude towards the Holy Spirit and understanding the work that he does. It's the Spirit that strengthens us. It's the Spirit that convicts us. It's the Spirit. It's amazing. I think we do a lot more work on that. Um, okay, strengthen the power of the Spirit. Starting Then going into verse 17, so that, right? So I want you to be strengthened by the power of the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So Paul is praying for them. And I think for us too, I, I do think this kind of, you know, this is the kind of prayer I think Paul would pray for us. It's the kind of prayer I hope we pray for ourselves that Paul wants them to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You know, sometimes it's really fun to kind of like dig in, you know, to the, the words underneath the scripture and to the original language and whatever. And I did that here. I was like, what does that mean to know something that's unknowable? Know something that surpasses knowledge. There's nothing else there. It's, it is what it says. The love of Christ is unknowable. It surpasses knowledge. There's the, I'm losing my voice there. It surpasses knowledge. You will never, at least on this earth, maybe the, maybe the next life, will be able to fully know how much Jesus loves you. Never. It surpasses what we can know. But Paul prays for us, for them, to know it. <laughs> so just, look, I think we, we just try to get a glimpse, just the best we can comprehend what is the love of Jesus Christ for us. Mm -hmm. And I think, man, it totally makes sense now why he's like praying for the spirit to strengthen us to do this. Like, because that's what's going on there. It's like, I want the strength and I want the spirit to strengthen you guys so that you can know the love of Jesus. So the, to Paul, there's a connection to our spirits being strengthened and to be able to understand how much Jesus loves us. And so we will be, uh, we will have a harder time understanding the love of Christ if our spirit, is, if we are weak inwardly, we have a harder time understanding. We'll be strengthened by the spirit so that we can know more of the love of Jesus that surpasses knowledge. It's all, this whole, all these verses, they just kind of like play into each other like that. Oh, something really important here. Like, so he prays for the Spirit to strengthen us, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. 
that being rooted and grounded in love, we have the strength to comprehend with all the saints to know the love of Christ. So being rooted and grounded in love is part of being able to know the love of Christ and, and be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the love of Christ. And so I think this, and you know, the reason why we got to Ephesians was to like pull apart and investigate like what is the and we want to learn like more about the church. And, and so this is something that I think is so significant in this prayer that he says, man, you, when it comes to comprehending the love of Christ, I want you to do it together. It's that the, the saints, right? Like that. I, I don't know about y'all, but growing up in more of a Catholic thing, more of a Catholic background, the saints were just kind of like this lofty, like better than you Christian, right? But like biblically, saints are just Christians. That's what that is, right? I think maybe we know that, maybe not, but... Just us in here, biblically, are saints, okay? The church is saints, and Paul wants us to be able to comprehend the love of Christ with each other. So this is huge, because that means our relationships together are essential to comprehending the love of Christ, right? The, the, as we, we, to, we need each other to comprehend how amazing Jesus is. And, and I think we, we dug into that a little bit a couple weeks ago when we, we were kind of sharing with each other, man, what does Jesus mean to us? Right. And as we hear that from each other, I think that inspires faith. Right. I think when we actually like literally share a faith like that, it like builds one another up. It's inspired me to hear how Jesus, what Jesus means to you. It's like we need each other to be able to comprehend. Like so that one of the purposes of the church, and there's a lot, but one of them is to further comprehend the love of Christ. So we will be lacking in our ability to comprehend Jesus's love for us if we are lacking in relationship in this room. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to start in verse 19 again and just reread it. And, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And here, here we go. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So, so here's kind of what he's getting to. I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. So here's how I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to pray that according to the riches of his, of his glory, the spirit may strengthen you that you may be able to, so that Christ can dwell in your hearts through faith so that you can be rooted and grounded in love, so you can have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what the love of Christ is, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So ultimately, Paul wants them to be filled with the fullness of God. Here is kind of how I would think about that. Not that it's the only way or even the ultimate way. How I would think about that, and maybe it's been a while since I've brought brought this up, but one of the most foundational scriptures for me, faith-wise, coming from an atheistic point of view, was uh, reading Ecclesiastes 3.11. I'll just quote it, right? That, that um, for God set eternity in the hearts of man so that he may not fathom what, it, what has been done from beginning to end. And so as I studied out that scripture, it became painfully clear to me that there was a gaping hole in my heart that I was constantly trying to fill with something, Yeah. Probably we can relate to that in some way. That I'm feeling empty, that I'm feeling lacking, and so I'm going to, man, I'm going to try to fill it. I'm going to try to fill it with, man, I love smoking meat. I'm going to try to fill it with smoking meat. Um, I love, uh, I love ice fishing, so I'm going to, I love it now anyway. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, or I'm going to fill it with, and probably the biggest one for me is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fill it with a woman. Right? Like I was idolized women because I wanted my heart to be this before I was married. Uh, you know, I wanted my heart to be full. So I'm just going to go find a woman that I can just, you know, it's going to fill me. 
Um, or, you know, many of you know I've spoken about publicly a lot, have like a 10 year pornography addiction. I'm going to fill it with pornography. That's going to make me full. Right. And so I just try to like fill this hole in my heart with all these different things. And I was never, ever full, ever, never even felt super full. In fact, after a lot of things, I felt emptier. Right. Now I mentioned some like good gifts from God, like ice fishing, I think is a good gift from God, but you know, it's like. At the end of the day, those aren't going to be the things that fill us ultimately. Yeah. Paul knows this. He wants us to be filled, but he wants us to be filled, I think, by everything that came before. Like, I think all this plays into each other. That, that we are filled with the fullness of God when we can know his Jesus's unknowable love. When the spirit strengthens us in our inner being. When we see God is glorious, the whole Trinity is working here in this one passage. It's incredible that we can, man, we, be, we like get filled in all that. And, and this is my personal testimony. Maybe some of you disagree with this. Here's the problem that I often run into. As I try to know God more and as, as I pray for his spirit to fill me and as I want that deeply, I still go through times in life where I'm feeling weak and lacking it lacking and empty so what do i do about that because god's telling me that i'll be filled by him and that's a true fullness but why then are there some times where i am not feeling filled where i'm not feeling the glory of god even though i think i have and it has filled me why am i not anymore how is this any different than the temporary fullness that comes from Things like sin. And if we're being honest, sin makes us feel good for a while, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't keep doing it. So it's like, okay, what's the difference? Well, again, now this is my testimony. While my sinful nature holds me back from being full with God every single day, every single minute, I know that when that fullness of there, when that fullness is there, man, it is unlike anything. It's not just like a dopamine hit of pornography wise. Like it's not like it is so much deeper and fuller. And I have a hard time explaining it because I do think ultimately it's right for us right now. It's unknowable. And so we find that thing. And so, I mean, second Timothy, let's go there real quick. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's helpful to this second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two in verse um, twenty, that Paul is writing to Timothy, right, giving Timothy encouragement and instruction for how to spiritually lead. Okay, so this is like directed towards Timothy. So like here, it directed personally towards you, right? I try to read all scripture that way, but like this is the context here. I think it, it lends itself a lot more to that. Second Timothy chapter two verse uh, twenty. Now in a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he'll be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And we've read in Ephesians that God has prepared, prepared good works in advance for us to do. Verse 22, so flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace 
along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. That's a tough one for me, man. I just get lamach. I'm like in a fight or flight scenario, I want to fight and I got to keep like beating that down. Verse 25, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. They may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Okay, lots going on here. So what do I do about this tension? I think, one, it helps me to recognize that when Jesus saves me, man, he saves me. That, and that's an incredible reality to live in. That he saves me despite who I am. And so I think there's that baseline to work from. And then what I've noticed is over time, it's when sin is heaped on top of that baseline that I don't, I'm not being, I'm not feeling the fullness of God or even seeing the fullness of God because there's this sin that's like in this vessel, right? And so Paul tells Timothy, somebody who I'm sure was saved at that time of the writing, says, get that stuff out. I be, uh, be ready for honorable use. If you cleanse himself from what is dishonorable, you'd be ready for honorable use. And so I think there's that baseline cleaning of being saved by Jesus. I mean, that's that. But that we can still, after being saved, and I think we can all attest to this, there's still sin that can enter our life, yes? So still sin can enter our vessel. And, and man, as you cleanse that stuff out, in my life, man, as I see these things and I repent from them and I get them out of my life, I start to feel a little bit more clear when it comes to seeing God. And I start to be a little bit more, I think, focused on him. And I start to feel his fullness more. Because the thing is, I think the fullness is there still, but will fill that vessel with maybe dishonorable things. So Paul tells Timothy, look, man, dear, flee all this stuff. Get all that stuff. There's something so much more amazing to be filled by. There's something so much more amazing to be uh, inspired by. And so, man, I think just from, it's from a really practical point of view, being able to like stop and slow down and be honest enough with ourselves to see the sin in our life and then be eager enough to get it out because we want to be filled with the fullness of God, not with this damaging, poisonous sin. And so I think to be able to slow down and be honest with ourselves, honestly, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to slow down and be honest with ourselves for a lot of different reasons. Um, I can tell you what helps me is just to be brutally honest when people ask you how you're doing. Uh, man, I've, been, I've had some discouraging things lately. And so I went to the leadership retreat last uh, week and uh, guys would come up to me and be like, Daniel, how are you doing? I'd be like, how much time do you got? Because uh, I'm going to, you ask me, I'm going to tell you. And uh, man, I got to talk to like 10 guys in their retreat and tell them everything that was going on. And I was like on repeat a lot. I was like kind of worried about being a downer to these people. I was, around. I was like, we're supposed to be here having a good time. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what I got because you asked me. I'm not going to lie to you. You asked me how I'm doing. I'm not going to tell you fine because I'm not fine. Right? And so I think hey, being able to have that kind of honesty is huge. Because when I'm not that honest, I'm not getting the junk out of my heart. I, sometimes I can't even see it. I couldn't even see how self-reliant I was getting until I heard one of the guys preaching to me. It was during one of the lessons last week. He was like, look, man, here's, uh, here's what's going on in my ministry. I'm getting, you know, self-reliant, which makes me heavy and bitter. And I was in da, 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 And I was like, whoa, I need to talk to you, man. And so as soon as the lesson ended, I grabbed, literally I ran over and I grabbed him. I'm like, I need to talk to you, bro. 
And so I talked about like 30 minutes. I told everything. I don't know. I think just it showed me how self-reliant I can really get in my heart. And man, when, when we, gosh, guys, I think we just need to be so honest with people and tell them what's clogging us up. When we do that, I don't know, you start cleansing that vessel and be ready for more honorable use and be filled with the fullness of God. So I think here's what becomes really difficult about that. How much do you care? When we, when we think about Ephesians 3 and that prayer that Paul prayed, and we're going to come back to it, don't worry. But when you read that prayer, you're like, wow, Paul, thank you for praying that. Thank you for praying that. Do you, do you look at that like, yeah, I need to be strengthened by the Spirit. Man, I need to know the love of Christ. Or, are you, or do your eyes just kind of glaze over? I don't But I think to really believe what Paul's praying there is huge. To be honest, it's hard to do. Because we do want to fill ourselves with a lot of maybe dishonorable things. Or, or maybe we're so distracted by stuff in life we just can't see Jesus. We can't see God. I think one of my favorite scriptures, let's, let's go there. It's Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Uh, it's Martha and Mary. It's verse 38. Uh, we'll read this and I'll go back to Ephesians and we'll close it out. Luke 10, verse 38. says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sisters have left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Verse 41. But the Lord answered to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is a crazy scenario, right? Jesus just is welcoming him to somebody's home, and he's preaching this message. And, and man, some people are listening. But then, I mean, uh, Martha, which I would look at her, man, she's being a good host, right? She's running around. She wants to make sure everybody's taken care of. Uh, wants to make sure everybody's got a cushion, maybe a little, you know, tea to drink or whatever, right? She wants to make sure everybody's taken care of. I feel like that's a good thing. But she, she comes up, man. She comes up to Jesus in the middle of this lesson, which would be really interesting. He comes up, Jesus, don't you get more, get, get my, get Mary to come help me out. And, and G, I don't know, I don't, you can tell somebody's really tripping when you got to say their name twice, right? He's like, Martha, Martha, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he does this to me like he's like, Daniel, Daniel, whoa, slow down, man. He says, you're anxious and troubled about many things. I've read that verse personally so many times. Daniel, Daniel, you are anxious and worried about many things, yeah? Any of you guys anxious and worried about many things? Man, I don't know. It's like I, sometimes I'll also have like stress dreams, and I'll wake up like starting my day stressed out. I'm like, oh, come on. I just don't want to. Now where I want to be in the morning. Like, I am anxious and worried about many things. I need Jesus. I need to hear from Jesus. Daniel, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will never be taken away from her. This true fullness, guys, it, when it's chosen, it will never be taken away from us, yeah? But we can drown it out with other stuff. She, Martha had the same opportunity. She was in the same place, same house, hearing the same message as Mary. But Martha chose to get distracted by many things and was not feeling the fullness of God in that moment, I would imagine. When Mary's just sitting there being like, wow, oh, somebody, 
Martha's losing her mind. Guys, think, what are the things you are anxious and worried about? Are you able to really sit at the feet of Jesus when you're anxious and worried about those things? Are you sitting at the feet of Jesus in your life right now? Even here at church, guys, I know what it's like to sit and, and listen to somebody. Like I, Sometimes I'm sitting there thinking about things I got to do later that day. Sometimes my critical heart is like, that's not how I said that. Like, you know, I just get anxious and worried about many things. And I'm not just trying to hear Jesus. You will not be filled with the fullness of God. If you're not getting that junk out of your life, if you're not taking a minute to forget about all that stuff in life that doesn't really matter in the end and just hear Jesus, and I guarantee you if that's the case, you will not be able to be filled with the fullness of God. You will not be able to know the unknowable love of Jesus. You will not be able to comprehend that unknowable love of people around you. I mean, y'all, we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to bring us to life in this way. We need to get this stuff out of our life. We need to pray for the Spirit to strengthen us. Man, if you're relying on your own strength to be strengthened, good luck. Ain't going to happen. I mean, maybe for a little bit, but you'll at least, you'll, best case scenario, you'll be left either burnt out or, or self-righteous. Let's go back to Ephesians 3. We'll close it out. So he finishes with verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he finishes off this prayer with, man, God, you, you can do so much more than anything I can even think of you, me wanting you to do. Whatever you want, whatever, <clears throat> whatever dreams, whatever aspirations you have for God in your life, God has so much more. It's incredible to me. According to the power at work within us, the Holy Spirit transforming us inside out. We need to pray for him to do that. To him be glory in the church in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul ends it off with God to you be the glory. Yeah? It all comes back to, to God be the glory. So, man, here, look, I, let's pray. I, here, I want to end this off today by praying through this for us. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to read through it, and I'm going to try to put us or me or whatever. I prayed this prayer the other day, and, and I just inserted myself throughout, throughout the whole prayer. You know, I'd say, <clears throat> for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, you know, through uh, every family on earth is named, that according to the riches of the glory, he may grant me to be strengthened with the power through his spirit. That's kind of how I prayed through it. Really, really incredible. Let's just pray through this now to, to end this service out today, because as much as I can preach these things, I don't want to stray from that fundamental belief that it's the spirit that's going to strengthen us in our inner being. That it's the love of Christ that will dwell in our hearts to help us understand that it's our relationships with one another. So I just want to pray for the spirit, seriously, to make us alive, to strengthen us with his power, not ours, yeah? And not just us in this room, but, you know, people in our kids' class. Uh, you know, uh, the folks that are out on the coast today and people that are off on the cruise today, I, I just want to strengthen for it. Ask God to strengthen every spirit who's a part of this church here. Amazing life. Okay? So let's, let's pray through this. For this reason, God, I bow my knees before you from who every family 
in heaven and on earth his name, that according to the riches of your glory, God, that you can grant us in this room, me, to be strengthened with the power through your spirit in our inner being. That's incredible. You've given us your spirit. I pray that it strengthens us so that Christ can dwell in our hearts through faith, that, that us being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with everybody else in this room, but not just this room, uh, all of our members that are not here today, but not just us, God, but with our entire fellowship across the world, Father, but not just our fellowship, but for every disciple out there on earth. God, I pray we have the strength to comprehend with all of them what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Jesus that surpasses knowledge. God, that we can be filled with all of your fullness. God, now to you who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think according to your power at work within us, to him be glory, the church, and Jesus Christ uh, throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Guys, we're going to go ahead and break, take a chance to take communion. Um, if it hasn't been passed out, thank you, Renee. Guys, we're just going to take a minute to take communion here, okay? Um, and I just always want to remind us that communion is not a snack. <laughs> It's not a, you know, but it is our way to connect weekly with Jesus. Because like Luke 10, life is crazy. We can get anxious and worried about many things. He matters more than anything else. He is the good portion that will never be taken from us. Not our job, not our relationships, not even our family. And as a dad, that's like weird to wrap my mind around. But Jesus will never be taken from us. And we just got to get that anxious, that anxiety out of the way and remember that, guys. That's the point of communion is every week to have a chance to reset the anxieties of life. Remember who really loves us more than anything else would never be taken from us. So let me just go ahead and say a prayer for communion. God, I, I pray that, that as we take this cup and we, and we eat this bread, that at the end of the day, Father, we and I know how it is, God. I can sit there opening that cup and be like, oh, man, this thing's like, what is this, styrofoam or you know, this juice, I don't know about this. But God, that's not that's not the point of communion. It's to remember you. Remember your love for us. That God, remember Jesus' love that surpasses knowledge. That we can weekly just take a chance to, to God, get out the anxieties and the worries of life and just to sit at your feet and be grateful for, for Jesus' death on the cross for us. Now, I truly believe in, in 2 Corinthians 5, God, Paul writes that, man, we are convinced, man, we are, Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that he died for us. God, I pray for this sort of inside-out transformation for all of us in this room. I pray for my heart that the Spirit can grip us with the love of Christ. God, this, this communion can take many forms. Maybe it's a time to mourn. Maybe you're like, man, I, I'm just not getting it. I'm not connecting with Jesus. I've got the sin in my life I need to confess or be open about or get out of my life. God, maybe it's a joyous time. Maybe we're like, man, I feel good today. And I, I get, God, I get your love for me. And this communion can take many forms, but I think we're, whatever form it takes, that we, we just have it. God, pray that it helps lead us closer to you. It just helps us sit at your feet. God, to know what is good and will never be taken from us. We love you, Father. We're grateful for you. Pray all this in your son's name. Amen.